everybody. It's a Lunacy Podcast brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. Another Zoomcast on this uh, lovely Monday after uh, a quiet weekend in the MLS, uh, but not a quiet weekend when it comes to the Euro Cup. We'll talk about that later on the show. Uh, we do have a game to get to from last Wednesday. I know it's late, but that was our last game before the uh, Gold Cup break. Um, so, um, I guess, guys, um, you guys do anything fun this week? I mean, I know we'll talk about this when the Euro Cup thing comes up. We were supposed to be at, all be at uh, Brits yesterday. That didn't happen uh, for a reason. But um, I went to a rodeo on Saturday, guys. I went to the Hamill Rodeo, which uh, did not have any goats. No goats at that rodeo. Um, I was uh, kind of roped into it, roped, get it guys, rodeo, roped. Ah. Um, I was roped into it by my wife because my neighbors decided they wanted to go. So my wife's like, oh, it's be a good family thing to go to. And uh, I don't know if any of our listeners have ever been to a rodeo or the Hamill Rodeo for that matter, but uh, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, there's just, uh, first of all, way too many people sold out and uh, a lot of dirt, a lot of dust. Um, a lot of people with cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Uh, and I'm just not into the whole, you know, cattle and bull riding and just, that's just not my thing. I'm just not, it doesn't excite me, you know? Yeah. For, um, for our listeners that maybe don't get out to Hamilton too often, uh, how far away is that from say, if you were in downtown Minneapolis, how far of a drive would that be? Well, technically minutes ish, right? Yeah, maybe, uh, it, you do in a half hour, but technically now, the Hamill Rodeo is not in Hamill. Now, that's oh. the crazy thing about it. The Hamill Rodeo is at the Hennepin County Fairgrounds, which is in, I think, um, Corcoran. So mm-hmm. it's actually right in, at, it's like right on the border of Corcoran and Maple Grove. There's, they built up so much around there. There's now a high V down there. There's a bunch of apartments. There's new housing. I haven't been to the Hennepin County Fair for about three or four years. And it used to be just this one area, look at the county fair lot, you know, it was nice. Nothing was around it. We went to the Hamill Rodeo in the same location. And now there's houses right behind the damn fairgrounds. There's senior living, there's apartments, there's the high V down the street. They're doing so a like, lot of development out in that area. Now. They're doing a lot of stuff out there. So it doesn't even yeah. feel like a county fairgrounds anymore. Um, and so it's not that bad of a drive. Um I think they're going to have to move that fairgrounds at some point. They're going to have to move it to somewhere else because I just think the space is wasted having like a little fairground type of rodeo there. Uh, but who knows where they're moving to. If you got all those scenery living out there, I'll bet you get a lot of complaints probably. Oh, yeah, you will. Too. So uh, the Hamill Rodeo, it was their, I think their 40th year, if I don't, if I remember correctly from the broadcast, um, it was their 40th year. Um, like I said, lots of cowboy hats, lots of cowboys. Weird, I, I will say this, guys. The weirdest thing about it was so it's in Hennepin County, but it's on the west side of Hennepin County, right? So there are a lot of people there from the western, uh, kind of not suburbs, but western kind of out there kind of places like the Buffaloes and the Montroses and out there. So you get a lot of those uh, farmer people come in with their cowboy hats and their boots and looking all nice and whatever, driving their Ram trucks. But then you got the Hennepin County people who come in, like the dads, like myself. We're wearing our shorts and our t-shirts and our, you know, tennis shoes and whatever. So it's this weird mix of, you know, like city people and suburbanites and farmer people. And it's just this weird type of mix of people out there. So 
Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Hamill, it's not even a town I think about too often, but I mean, for where, where I'm at in, in kind of, I don't know, I guess technically mid-central Plymouth, I mean, Hamill is is just a, literally a few miles away. Yeah, but it's uh, just it's just kind of like a dot on a map on 55, and you just I guess I don't pay much attention to it. But. And it is a dot on the map on 55, and there's a bar there called In Cahoots, and I've uh, been there a couple times, and they were talking about going there. They were having an after party there, I guess, for the rodeo, uh, dancing and bands and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I'll never go to a rodeo again, at least not mm. that type of rodeo. Um, but uh, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Um, and Connor, you were at Brits on Sunday, so we'll talk about that later. Yep. Um, Dave, did you do anything fun this weekend? Well, I'm glad you asked. I did. I mean, I actually, uh, well, first of all, I should say it's kind of my birthday weekend. Right. It was yeah. my birthday weekend. As we record, it's my birthday right now, uh, technically yep. the day, 12th of it July. And uh, mm -hmm. it is, yeah. So, but yeah, fortunately, I was lucky enough to have a really good weekend. And the weather here was amazing for the most part, a little hot, but uh, not complaining much. But yeah, I actually got out to... Uh, out to the twins game on friday night that's right beautiful night for a ball game out there that was awesome and then actually i got up to believe it or not on saturday i spent quite a bit of time up in blaine at the national sports center for the usa cup oh yeah going on oh, at, yeah. as we speak basically oh. uh yeah a friend of mine's uh, nephew was playing in, in a, uh, i like you basically you nine but we were up there to watch a few games a few games up there on saturday like one in the kind of midday and one in the evening and uh yeah i just the atmosphere up there this year was amazing now it's not maybe what it was in years past where you'll see a lot of international uh teams you know youth teams compete um i think for the most part the international teams were kind of non-existence due to you know still covid restrictions yeah. that, but as far as uh the USA was well represented, as far as I know. Um, teams from all over the country were still around, and it was uh, it was hopping. And it's a great atmosphere up there for USA Cup. If you guys never, well, I know Tony, you've had a chance to get up there, and we yeah. had in the past. Did but you yeah, find? It was, it was, did you find the arcade? I knew I knew you were going to ask that. No, <laughs> I, I spent uh, I spent uh, pretty much all my time just outdoors, kind of wandering around the fields and watching the games. So I didn't uh, didn't get indoors where that was. But uh, yeah, no, it was really awesome atmosphere up there. Fun to see. As far as soccer fans are concerned, it's a it's just a soccer wonderland up there. It's fantastic. Did you and see, then yeah, uh, rep did you see Ike training up there? I did not, but uh, what was cool is I didn't see it, but uh, like there was the, I, I know on Friday there was uh, Chase Gasper and Hassani Dotson were up there. Well, obviously, of course, they, you know, Minnesota United trains up there, right there uh, at the sports center most of the time. And uh, so they were actually making appearances for the USA Cup, especially specifically for the, you know, the teams that, that could go meet, do little meet and greets. And they were doing that on Friday. I think they were doing that on Saturday, basically all weekend, you know, for the players that are, of course off during this break gold cup break and then uh, they had the opportunity to do that so it's cool and i will say that uh shout out to uh, chase gasper because uh my the my friend of mine's nephew that actually got a chance to meet gasper and uh they mentioned uh, the lunacy podcast and uh chase said he had heard of it after oh. a, a second or two so well, uh, yeah maybe yet who knows well, well you know that, I, whether it's true or not you know he might have heard of it because two years ago we went to the uh, U.S. Uh, the Open Cup in Atlanta. It was me, Dave, and David who went down there for that, and we were at the with the hotel they were leaving from. And Chase's aunt and uncle were there, and we mm. talked to her, his aunt and uncle, for a while, and said that we did a lunacy podcast. So maybe they told him. 
it's possible. Yeah. yeah. It, it seemed unlikely when I heard it uh, that he they had specifically asked them about asked him about the lunacy podcast. But hey, you never know. It's not like I mean, I know the podcast kind of blown up here, the fan podcast at least, but uh, mm-hmm. we, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to think we were one of the first, not the first, but one of the first. So mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Totally possible. But yeah, no, ended up my uh, kind of call it birthday weekend with a uh, got out to Top Golf uh, Brooklyn Center uh, for the first time. Oh, I'd been great place. Yeah, I had been to Top Golf in in Las Vegas and Phoenix, Arizona, but I had never made it uh, to the one here in Minnesota. But got out there last night again, another beautiful night. It was just kind of fun to have a few drinks, have dinner, and then uh, yeah, smack a few balls around. It's pretty cool. You so, went yeah. Top Golf in Las Vegas. How expensive was that when you did it? Um, yeah. Honestly, surprisingly, not very. Because I don't know if you if you're familiar with Top Golf, but the way they do no. their pricing is like if you go there during the middle of the day. Yeah. weekday not too right. expensive if you go there in kind of even early evening like 5 6 p.m it, it's like the mid-tier and mm-hmm. the most expensive time to go would be say a weekend uh after eight o'clock and even weekdays after eight o'clock because I, I got i do have to say if you're going to go to top golf and maybe you're not even a golfer you just want to have a fun a good time have a couple drinks have some food it, it looks spectacular at night because all the targets and the fake greens and targets that you shoot at are all lit up and it looks spectacular. So they get a little premium for later at night. Now I had happened to go like at about six or I was there between six and eight 30 or so. So not terribly expensive, but you know, it's a lot more expensive than your average driving range. I'll say that, but right. Uh, yeah. Good entertainment. Yeah. I've been there. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun place. I, uh, I had the privilege of driving uh, a ball all the way into the white bullseye at the, at the far end there. So that was, nice. that was a cool thing there. Um, yeah, I love Top Golf. It's uh, maybe ten minutes away from my house, so it was really nice. Yeah, like I, I, it's about ten minutes away from my work actually, and I've meant to go there on breaks or over lunch. But the guys who I always ask to go with are like, eh, no, 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 no. And then they go and they tell me that they went. So that's always sucks. Uh, but hey, guys, speaking of Top Golf and drinking, you guys have some uh, Minnesota craft beers today? Sure do. All right. I'll, uh, I'll go first. Uh, I actually have, an well, it's an old, it's, it's from Bauhaus uh, Brew Labs. I've, I don't know if I've talked about this one on the podcast before. Uh, it is their Bleat Boxer, which is their classic Bach. Uh, and it came out of a pack. And uh, the reason why I'm drinking it is because I, this is my last real beer in the fridge. Um, I, uh, because we were supposed to go to Brits yesterday, I didn't go to the liquor store on Saturday and, uh, you know, ended up staying home. So I didn't have any beer. So drank a couple yesterday that were left and now this is the last one. So, uh, it's a good Bach. It's from Bauhaus. It's uh, your classic Bach, a little, little malty, nice, nice and dark. Uh, I haven't had a Bach in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see how they still taste. <laughs> hey, they're made good. They're good to go for, you know, through the summer months. So usually wouldn't have a block in the summer, but uh, I'm drinking it anyways. I don't care. So uh, there you go. Uh, what do you got, Connor? Uh, I went with a, a brewery that I think is becoming a, a, little, a little bit of a staple. It's not a new one this time. I try to get new ones every week, but uh, this time I went with a, a, a well-known one by the name of Lupulin uh, yeah. in Big Lake. And I have the what is called the straight hash homie um yeah. it is a double dry hops double ipa and when they say dry they're not kidding um 
it's and it's you know this might be another new kind of preferred I'll, I, I might have to add it to the preferred list of IPAs that I drink because it's really nice and I like my IPAs dry so I so this one just uh, hit that right on the nose it is for those who don't know Lupulin is out in Big Lake Minnesota probably about if you live in Minneapolis probably about uh, 45 minutes to an hour away um and then uh oh this uh this one for some reason uh they have nicknamed the straight hash homie the thirst mutilator because what? it's got electrolytes that's what it says <laughs> on the on the crawler right here it's so weird mm. the, uh, the thirst mutilator hold on that's brondo have you ever ever seen the movie uh uh idiocracy yes oh yes. no i think brando is a thirst mutilator isn't it oh no kidding i think brando is a thirst mutilator i'm pretty sure that's what i it hope it from. is that's that's awesome if yeah. it is and I, yeah i should say yeah i feel like uh lupulin that was uh one of the uh last podcast or the last uh breweries we went to connor Reef, one of the last anyways before you had jumped on in more oh, of a full-time yeah. full-time role so yeah we, we, we had, yes we had the chance to record up there and uh take tour and yeah, I mean, it's a little harder for some of us to get Big Lake, but gosh, I keep I can't wait till the next time we get up there because yeah. yeah, we had the tour. It's a it's a nice it's a nice brewery. But what I love about Lupulin is is one of the things I love about Lupulin is their distribution. You can find those beers mm-hmm. everywhere, you know. And their CB what is their CB CBP yes. or chocolate peanut butter porter? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, delicious. Uh, and Brando is the thirst mutilator. Oh, I just awesome. looked it up. So yes. Well, I love that beer even more. I'm gonna have to keep my eye out for it next time I get to the, the liquor straight store. hash homie is what it's called. Straight hash homie. And then I'm assuming that's a good reference to our uh, one of my all-time Minnesota athletes, uh, Randy Moss. I hope that's the reference. I have Randy Moss. It is. I would. Straight, I would think so. Yeah. Straight cash homie, Randy yeah. Moss. Lupulin also one of the only breweries uh, that made it into Allianz Field. That's right. With uh, with Summit and Surly, of course. That is correct. They do have yep. Lupul in there. So, yeah, good choice, Connor. Uh, Dave, what are you drinking tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of summer beers, I am on that kick given the weather outside and in Minnesota. I'm taking full advantage of this Minnesota summer. I don't have much time here left. Uh, <coughs> talk about that later, maybe. But so I ended up going with a familiar brewery in Prize where we've recorded, uh, at least I, we the podcasts have recorded uh, at least a couple of times. I've been there with us once. But uh, this beer is not one of their mainstays, I'd say. I, so it's a new beer in the, uh, it's the Main Squeeze Lemon Lime Blonde Ale. So this is just, I mean, talk about refreshing summer beer. So it's based off of kind of their typical blonde ale. It's called Bohemian Blonde that you'd be able to find uh, in the tap room all the time. Currently, actually, Main Squeeze, what I'm drinking tonight, that, that is also currently available in the tap room. So if you're there, you can have it get it to go in a crawler but this one is just their their kind of mainstay blonde ale but this is they've added obviously fresh lemon and lime so i'm telling you it is just incredibly refreshing you know just that lemon lime just jumps at you and it it's a little bit sweet but not overly so i would i would say because i'm not a fan of sweet beers you probably know that but i just think it's just i would describe it if i had one word i'd say refreshing because it's just crisp it's smooth that as a blonde ale, you'd expect it to be. It's a very easy drinker. It's one of those that even if it was a hundred, you know, well, especially if it was a hundred degrees out or 90 degrees out, it's just be something that would just 
just it's super refreshing easy drinking it's only 4.6 uh, abv so yeah it is fairly smooth um it's not overwhelming at all so yeah it, it's phenomenal hmm. i'll have to nice. check that one out i haven't had a prize beer in a while yeah yeah prize there yeah they're 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 local it's a great brewery they've got an awesome patio right on you know it's right on the mississippi river west river road just north you know just north of minneapolis on the road there it's a beautiful location beautiful location especially in the summer even in the winter though it's got a big space what is it they have a feather ball that's uh yeah it's uh yeah it's i think it's feather ball something like that. I don't want to mess it up, but it, it's a very unique brewery. It's a huge yeah. space. It's worth checking out in the summer or winter for that matter. Yeah. And they have, they have a, uh, on, uh, I think it's still on site. They have a re- kind of a restaurant type of deal. So they have a restaurant is it upstairs. I believe you don't get to like sit in it, but they bring food down. I think they still got that going on. Um, okay. was an Italian. I think it was Italian for a while. Oh, wow. It's one of those deals. I think what they're doing is some breweries have done this too, is they have kind of these rotating um, food places kind of come in and be there for like a year and then rotate them out or six months, rotate them out, bring new ones in, rotate them out. It's kind of this residency type of deal. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think Wooden Hill Brewery and down in Edina does that uh, mm-hmm. every now and then they make their own kind of restaurant food deal. I don't know if yeah. they rotate, but uh, they yeah. have something similar. Like Sociable Cider Works in Minneapolis does yes. that. Yeah. Or at least did that. I have mm-hmm. learned a little bit, but. Well, Sociable had like a, like a it was a, like a food truck kind of oh, built yeah. into it. Yeah. And this is more fixed. This is a fixed location. I think they have a kitchen upstairs and it just brings somebody new in. And I'm not sure if that's true. I haven't looked it up for a while, so. Mm. But. Anywho, guys, we have a game to talk about, a Minnesota United game to talk about from last Wednesday. Um, but we got yes. a statement first, don't we? We have a statement. Yes, right. Sorry. Thanks, Connor, for bringing that up. Uh, it was announced today that Chris Wright, the CEO of the of the uh, the Loons, is uh, now um, he's stepping down. He's uh, he's gone. He's decided that. Uh, he had his four years in town, and after the season is over, he is going to be out. Um, we they kind of talked about it. And I don't know. I don't. I don't remember that this happened, but it sounds vaguely familiar that he had. This had been mentioned when he came on board in the beginning that he was only going to be here for a couple of years. Um, but they did announce today that he said that he was only going to be here for three or four years. So. Um, and- and yeah, that's what it was. I mean, he obviously, he, I shouldn't say obviously, but he joined, uh, you know, in 2017, uh, just, mm-hmm. just prior, just after the start of this 2017 season. So I guess, you know, I think maybe looking back at that and I, I think you're right, Tony, at the time, I didn't pay much attention, attention to that particular, uh, announcement, but I mean, other than they announced him as the CEO, but, um, he certainly, um, if his goal was to establish Minnesota United and MLS, and build that team and in a base for the MLS franchise. He certainly did that in his four years. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I don't think you, anybody could criticize. I mean, it, maybe if you didn't know that part of it, it'd be a little surprising that he's stepping down now at this point in time, but in the four years, you know, he oversaw, you know, the move into Allianz field, um, you know, obviously the success of the team just grew and grew year after year. We'll see how uh, 2021 goes, but uh, yeah, he certainly established this club 
you know, in MLS. And, uh, you know, I guess you could say job done if that was his plan from the get-go in 2017. Yeah, he, uh, again, came from the uh, Timberwolves and the Lynx before he came to the United. He was the president, I believe, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he was the general manager of the Minnesota Strikers back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of cool. Um, I didn't know that about him. I knew he came from the Timberwolves and the, and the Lynx. I didn't know he was a Strikers GM uh, back in the day. So, um, yeah, he's had a lot of success in this uh, in this state uh, with Minnesota sports teams. Um, and he really, I mean, if he was on board to get him to move into Allianz Field and kind of get them up and running, he did a great job uh, in, in that front office. I know some people will say that there are some things the front office could do better. Um, but, uh, if you're talking about starting an MLS team, I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, and I, I do realize that back in the day, we did make a lot of comments about their three-year plan. So I was just going to bring that up, but you Um, know, at the end of those three years, there's a lot of frustrating moments in those first couple of years, but Mm -hmm. you know, bottom line, you Mm -hmm. know, the the three-year plan was just that got them into the playoffs and, and, in 2019 and uh, yep. after three full seasons and there you go and they're off and running of course so. Yep. yep so uh yeah chris wright uh good luck and whatever you do and uh it was good to have you on board and uh we wish you well yeah i had the opportunity to meet him uh once at the game he uh he for those who follow me on twitter they would uh you know that i wear a signature hat at the games uh with uh with an old um I think it's from Surly, the Surly, uh, Surly Rising North Pale Ale hat on uh, on the hat, and uh, and Chris saw my hat one time, and he came over to talk to me, and he seemed like a really stand up guy. So yeah, definitely wish him well, and seems like just your, uh, he seemed like just your kind of uh, next door neighbor. Yep. Kind, of, kind of guy. He was he was a really nice guy. Very good. And refresh my memory, and it's a good crossover between uh, soccer and beer, which is what we do here. So, uh, yeah, that that surly, what, uh, what was it called? Rising North? Or the North Rising Rise. North Pale Ale, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, I remember drinking that in TCF Bank Stadium. Did that come out in 2017 uh, for the start yes. of yeah. the Moons MLS campaign? Yeah, Yeah, nice. it unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, um, which mm. I think sucks because I thought it was a great beer. Well, um, the, the partnership kind of went away. Oh, there you go. That was the deal. The Surly partnership with the Loons kind of went because I don't think you can. I don't know if there's is there Surly at Allianz Field. I don't think there is. No, there is. There is. I, I've okay. I've gotten um, I've I've gotten furious there um uh, on okay. like recently. All right, but the, there was a partnership there for a while in the beginning, and I think the move to Allianz Field. I think that partnership kind of got severed a little bit i think the loons wanted to go with more options and i think surly wanted to be the beer for the loons and i just don't think that was ever gonna happen right so which in all honesty i'd rather have more craft beers available than just surly definitely um you know so yeah good luck to chris wright uh we have a game to talk about guys Unfortunately, it was from last Wednesday. And I'm going to preface this by saying I could not watch this game. I tried to watch this game. I, uh, it was not on the CW. It was on, uh, it was on Bally's, which I don't have. 
Uh, so I tried the old VPN workaround on ESPN. And if any of you guys have ExpressVPN, it looks like ESPN has figured out all the servers that ExpressVPN uh, is offering because every server I tried in the United States, and there's 40 of them, they were all blocked. Um, and every time I tried it, they said, oh, there's an error. And I think they kind of um, kind of are kind of like jabbing us a little bit because the error would show a sign with a player getting a red card, a soccer red card. Uh, so I think they're kind of... Uh, they're saying, hey, jigs up, you guys, with the VPNs trying to work around it. Uh, we figured you out. Now, Dave has NordVPN, and he said it worked. So, and, it did. Uh, and, and for full disclosure, I guess I should say, I mean, I, I do have Comcast Xfinity, so I would normally watch the, the game on Bally's, which I did. And uh, But I was curious. I, I did get NordVPN recently for a future. Your, uh, endeavor endeavor that I'm going to be going on but uh, yeah so because I had it I just gave it a shot I picked a random server in Chicago now fortunately like I said like the numbers uh, for example uh, NordVPN VPN has 171 different servers in Chicago alone not to mention they have at least I think 20 cities throughout the mm -hmm. United States that you could use so I mean maybe it's just a matter of uh, not have you know whether it's MLS or whatever you're talking about, not having enough resources to track down all those different servers. Yep. And I don't know, v, you know, NordVPN. I'm relatively new to the VPN game, so I don't know if they're changing those servers on a rotational basis or constant basis. I don't know. But I, for full disclosure, I tried it for five minutes because I was watching on Valleys. And for the five minutes that I tested it, it worked just fine. Yep. So there you I go. They had the Colorado broadcast, but mm -hmm. that helps everybody. So get to watch the game. Yeah, there you go. So um, I got to listen to the game on uh, AM 1500, uh, which was fine. You know, listening to a soccer game is, is okay. It's fine. Yeah, I've, so, I've done it many times while driving. So yep. Not a problem. So um, from what I can see, guys, this game was uh, not good. It well, looks like, no. no it, lo um, it looks like we came out really flat and yeah. we stayed flat the whole damn game. This game was very uh, there. There wasn't. There's not really much to say about this game, is that other than the fact that we barely did anything to to attack the, to attack the other the Colorado's goal. Uh, we had we did not have the upper hand in this game at all. No, I and mean, we should talk about the lineup real quick. I mean, uh, again, this game happened basically. It feels like forever ago, but I mean, it was last Wednesday. It wasn't even a week ago. But uh, we should mention that they were. Minnesota was down their two starting center backs uh, in, in Debassi and Boxel because of injuries uh, in the previous game against and, San Jose and and um, and and yeah Tony and they were without uh, their right back in Metnir because he was still in France uh, dealing with his uh, green card situation. Those damn French so, and their green card situations. Get that shit taken care of right away. So, Come on. Yeah. So it's a tough one. And you know what? It's super frustrating because isn't this was kind of the game I was looking for because the front four, you had Reynoso, you know, in the center attacking mid position. And then you had Lude out right and Frank Apone out left and Hanu, of course, up top. It was that's the kind of front four you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But that back line really took a hit. You had DJ Taylor. And I know we talked about Taylor ad nauseum in, in our last podcast and mm -hmm. you know i think hey he did fine other than i think the one moment i don't i feel a little bad we singled him out in that one moment you know against san jose but 
DJ Taylor getting his first start out at right back. And then you had Brent Coleman and Luca Retalia. Fortunately, he, like Lude, came back from finished national duty in the Euros. Uh, and then, of course, the mainstay, at least this year, with Chase Gasparow left. So the back line was so shaken up. And then I think it was like a ripple effect. Um, we had really gotten used to seeing, or not, I mean, in the last few games, I, that combination of, of, of Will Trapp and Hassani Dotson in the defensive mid roles, eight and six position, that right. was a, we mm-hmm. liked that. But guess yeah. what? That was not to be. We actually had Gregush coming back from Slovakia mm-hmm. and Ozzy Alonso. Now, I think when I say ripple effect, I think the fact that Ozzy and, and more, even you could make the case for Gregus, but I think those two were starting in, in their def- defensive mid positions because of the fact of the reshuffled back line. I don't, I think they wanted that seniority, senior leadership there, especially with Alonzo, if not didn't, Gregish, who did didn't, mainstay. Didn't fucking help, Dave. Didn't did. fucking help. It didn't. Not and, only did it not hey, help. It. You want to go? You, you want to go back a year or two with those two with Ozzy and Jan back there doing their thing in the midfield? That's great. But the fact of the matter is, we have seen Will Trap and. Uh, our guy, um, uh, Hassani Dotson, do some things in the midfield that have been really good. They've gotten a nice yeah. little, they got a little combo going on there. They've been really, they they've been really nice. In the last few games, they have. And yeah. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I mean, Will Trapp has played a majority of the minutes for this team this mm-hmm. year. I mean, he's yep. hardly missed a minute, let alone not getting a start. So that was a bit of a shakeup. And I mean, I think, like I said, I think that was a result of uh, the injuries and absence oh. they had on the back line. And the reason why Jan is starting is because uh, they don't didn't have enough defenders. So mm, Asani Dotson right. kind of becomes your, you know, he could play right back or left back or whatever if you needed him to in a pitch. Well, he could, I mean, I think he can play. I think he'd even step into goalkeeper. I well, he mean, probably he might I mean, he might done, he's, he's done he's, he's that versatile. Is that versatile? Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, that, no. But that's why Tony, he's yeah. Tony, great point. Yeah, I mean, because they're of technically they're not technically. I mean, technically, but there was mm-hmm. not with the starting eleven. There was not another true defender mm-hmm. on the roster available. You know, so other than we know Dotson can play right back, but we, you know, he's technically not a right back. And um, so yeah, it, tough spot. And I get what Heath is trying to do. He's trying to catch lightning in a bottle with. Ozzy and Jan back there, hoping they could work some of their old magic they had. Uh, but unfortunately, they're both two years older. And with Ozzy, that two years has taken a toll on him. Yeah. And with Jan, too, that two years has kind of gotten him into a spot where I don't even know if he's a real starter anymore. I mean, Sterling, of course, has been all over us on on uh, on, on texting about Jan Gregus. And I, I don't disagree with what Sterling's been saying about him. I, well, I just don't don't think he's a starter anymore. I just don't think that yeah. he, he is worth it. I mean, he, he, he hasn't been starter. I will give I mean, I'm, I'm on the record for being a, a huge young Gregish fan. I have mm-hmm. since I, he's been here, but yeah, I mean, no, he has his performance year to date mm-hmm. uh, for this club in 2021 has not been the no. caliber that we're used to seeing, uh, especially in 2019. But uh, even last year, he is just not 
he has not had that presence that we felt. And I think, unfortunately, Tony, you're absolutely right. It was that combination in the defensive mid that just kind of slowed this team down because you might mm-hmm. be excited to see Robin Lude back from international duty with Frank Aponi and Honu and Reynoso. And you're just excited to see what those guys can do going forward into the final third and their creativity. Cause you know, Lude and Frank Aponi, they're similar players. They can, they like to tuck in and wow, you got Reynoso right there and Hanu up front and man, the possibilities of what could happen. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Nope. Uh, there was no the transition out of the midfield uh, with Gregus, unfortunately, and you know Ozzy probably being restricted to a little more uh, uh, stand stand deep, stand back to help the the defense. And but nothing was developing, nothing at all. It was just a boring, boring first half. And yeah. you know it was scoreless for most of that half. But I mean, just the overall, it was a very forgettable game. It was just very disappointing. Yeah. You know, especially. You know, against a team like Colorado where, yes, okay, Minnesota has never won a game, never came away with three points in Colorado in their MLS existence. Um, but you still kind of had the feeling Minnesota is riding a seven-game unbeaten streak. Momentum's maybe in their favor, even after a little disappointment against San Jose where they still managed a point. But, you know, you still felt confident, especially with that front four. Um, you know, Colorado, they're, they're – you they were uh, missing several players because of uh, the gold cup break yep. and uh, Bynes. yeah. So, you know, it was, yeah, it was point. I, I felt like if they're ever going to p- get a point or three, I was expecting in Colorado uh, last Wednesday would have been the day, but no, it was just a bad first half and it remained scoreless for most of the first half, but you just never got that feeling. Like you just kept no. waiting and waiting, but it just, it was the transition was brutally slow. non exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. And so exactly the, the transition between, I mean, I, I have the feeling if you had played trap or dot trap and Dotson, that combination, the transition would have been a lot better and quicker to be honest. And then we would have seen a lot more exciting first half, a lot more chances created by Reynoso and a lot more pressure up on the, up, up on the Colorado half. And unfortunately we didn't see that because we didn't have that squad that uh, went on that what is it, eight, eight game unbeaten streak. I know Henry, I, Henry agrees. Should have um, been eight. It was only seven. Should have been eight. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, like I said, in text messages, guys, I think the whole team was kind of already on a gold cup break. I think this team, it was lifeless. Um, these are the type of, these are the type of games, guys, when you have a bunch of injuries, you have guys out, it's next man up type of mentality. Next man up, you play well, you keep your team in it. And this game was totally like the opposite of next man up. It was almost like, I don't want to be the next man up. I just want to go home for a week and, and, and relax in my recliner and watch ESPN because the Gold Cup break is on and I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, it was frustrating because, you know, everybody's worried about the back line. And I mean, I'm not going to go and say that the back line of Minnesota played outstanding, but, you know, at least for the first 45 minutes, you know, they, they got back. Uh, they, they, they made some plays, including DJ Taylor. You know, he was pretty solid, like he was for the most part against uh, San Jose. Uh, Tyler Miller made three saves in this game. I mean, I think two came in the 41st, 41st minute, but right. I mean, Tyler Miller was playing a pretty good game. Defense was doing okay, but yeah, again, just, just couldn't get anything going and just, yeah. I mean, just, we'll talk about everything, but I mean, uh, yeah, disappointing after the last few games, even San Jose uh, where the, 
you know, we, we, you know, Minnesota in their 0-4 hole to start the season, they really, really roared back. But in this game, it looked like they took a step back. They only ended up with seven shots, period. Two of the, only two of those on goal. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, just a boring, boring game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't care mm-hmm. if you're watching the game in the 45th minute and it's still tied. It's just It was still well, just hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have missed anything. And I'll tell you, if it hadn't been for Tyler Miller, it would have been worse. The, the scoreline yeah. would have been worse because mm-hmm. uh, Colorado had the attack going the entire game, and t- Tyler Miller had to come up big quite a few times. Uh, so I'm if Tyler Miller's not in goal, we lose by two or more goals, mm-hmm. I think. Well – Guys, we did get through most of the first half without giving the goal and not scoring one ourselves. But then, of course, we get to that 45th minute and uh, uh, Galvan, is it Galvan? Or Galvan, Galvan, yeah. Galvan scores yeah. a goal there, which with a nice nice curl up into the left-handed uh, corner there. You can't um, take anything away from that shot. No, that sure. was a good yeah. shot. That was yeah. defensively, I think we played well on that shot. Uh, he just had, he just ripped a nice shot and Tyler Miller yeah. was well, was yeah. And, and that was the one where um, I think Minnesota got lucky with a post maybe earlier in the game, mm-hmm. but uh, that it hit the post. It went, it took a good deflection in yep. basically bounced on the goal line and in, and, and. but uh, yep. I don't know if you want to criticize anybody, which I don't really like to do. You probably know that, but I mean, maybe, maybe Gasper gave a little much, gave a little much, way he gave up a little too much to Galvan than he probably should have um I think you know it didn't start out with Galvan he didn't make the run it it actually came down the right side Taylor got back um Retalia made an effort his I mean maybe Retalia was just inches away from preventing that ball from hitting the post and then into Mm -hmm. the goal but uh yeah Miller didn't have a shot Connor like you said um yeah just it was a nice nice shot far post and Damn it. Well, and honestly, that was coming. That was coming from Colorado. It's too bad it happened in the last minute before halftime, but it was coming. You know, yep. Minnesota really didn't have an answer. They didn't. So. They really didn't. Well, and uh, so, guys, I mean, it's not bad going into halftime down 1-0 against Colorado. I mean, there's a chance. No, it's not we, good. There's a chance we'd come back, though. But listening to this game and, and, and reading all the comments and kind of seeing some of the replays, the guys just didn't have it. I mean, no. you could tell they just didn't have it. Actually, and, yeah, and Tony, you didn't listen to the broadcast, but for our listeners that did, and, and maybe Connor, I, I was kind of shocked. Um, and I know this came up on Twitter. I heard it after the fact. I wasn't on Twitter too much that night. But, I mean, I, Kendra, he said, and, and I, I don't, I'm not saying she's wrong, but uh, Kendra was probably the most critical I have ever heard her during any of her broadcasts of Minnesota United uh, soccer matches. Yep. It was – I was I – was, I made the comment in our uh, text thread that I was like, I couldn't, I can't believe how uh, critical um, Kendra is. And I was kind of saying that tongue in cheek because she had, she was absolutely right. It was just kind of surprising to hear it coming from her. Just very, very critical. I think she, like all of us fans and probably the team expected a lot more. Yeah. Um, So come out of the, out of the half guys. um, And pretty much more of the same. Uh, We did get, uh, Abila was subbed in, which we'll talk about him in a little bit yeah. uh, for a new in the 65th minute. Uh, but, uh, you know, more of the same guys. It was just, they had some shots uh, on us. There were some saves by Miller, which you guys are right. Tyler Miller, if he's not in goal, this game could have gotten way out of hand uh, in that second half. Uh, but, um, you know, and, and funny thing is Heath, 
once again, just unloads on the subs. He gets Abila in there in the 65th, and then in the 76th minute, he goes Hanson, Finley, and Dotson in there. Um, so that's four subs there, guys. I mean, he's on a roll now. He's just – he's throwing out subs left and right. He's, like, changes. Yeah, yeah and I, I wonder some of that – I mean, I, 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 some of it might be rotation because of, you know, the midweek game coming off a Saturday game, and some of that might be, you know, players like uh, Robin Lude coming off international duty. You don't know. You know, Lude obviously put in uh, quite a few minutes for, for Finland. So, yeah, it was a bit of a mix. But, yeah, I mean, I guess – we can't, we better stop complaining about Heath uh, and his lack of substitutions because he's certainly trying. And, you know, the game was still in reach, but it just, even then, it still felt in vain because Tony, you nailed it. It was more of the same. It was just so mm-hmm. boring. There was nothing, nothing, nothing. And I mentioned the, the shots and shots on target that that was for the whole game. Like it didn't, that wasn't for the first half. It was just yep. more of the same. And it was just, just brutal. So then, of course, we get to the 81st minute, guys. And, uh, it was a it was a nice goal there by Shinyashiki. It was, uh, and it was it was a kind of an interesting play. There was a little bit of a mix up there, and he got the ball right in front of the in front of the net. Miller came wow. out to try to stop it, and yeah, you call it uh, kind of. I mean, I mean, flu. I don't. It wasn't a fluke or mix up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I think it was basically Shinyashiki. All credit to him because it feels like everybody else on the pitch was just kind of frozen. Yeah. Nobody made any reaction to it. Shinichiki saw it, made the run, and then it was a nice little clip or, mm-hmm. you know, chip clip or chip shot. And it was yep. a pretty goal. It was, it hey, was a pretty goal. So now I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just think it was a lack of reaction, lack of anything from Minnesota defenders. And, you know, Tyler Miller, he kind of felt like he was out as an aisle out on an Island. You know, does he, does he come out of his position or does he not? Uh, I'm not blaming Tyler Miller for this goal. It was a, cheeky chip shot let's call it and uh there was nothing he could do to save it it's not like what do you do what do you do he did what he could he he came out to try to defend it and and there's nothing you can do about it yeah there really is so i'm not i'm not i'm not at all critical of tyler miller it was kind of surprising we kind of got used to the clean sheets uh with tyler miller and goal but that's not going to happen every game i i will say this i i at that point i was maybe Maybe I had an extra, another beer or two, but I was starting to wonder now, wait a minute, is this strategy to get down two nil against <laughs> Colorado where I'd, I hate to bring it up, but do you remember uh, Minnesota had a two goal lead back in May yeah. against Colorado? Out oh, there we remember in, Dave out mm-hmm. there in Commerce city. So I was thinking maybe this would be the ultimate revenge. Uh, He's thinking, let's get down to nil to Colorado and then come back and win three, two, like Colorado did to us back in uh, May. So could have been, could have been possible, Dave, but then we had the, uh, the, the punch. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was, it was funny because I'm listening to it on the radio broadcast and I hear the radio announcers going, they're just, they're pissed because they're like, why is there a foul on this play? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So- nothing happened. And then they see the replay and they're like, Oh yeah. Uh, Abila did something naughty. Yep. Same, same, same reaction by uh, Kendra and Cal watching. They they couldn't understand. And honestly, to be fair, it was my same reaction as well. And in fact, my first reaction was, wait a minute, that was a flop by a call. I'm sorry. I can't, I don't know the player, but it was a flop by the Colorado uh, player. It was Mm -hmm. a flop. It was a flop. Maybe they're reviewing, uh, to see if he flopped in the mm-hmm. box, Colorado, and um, yep. 
and you know, to be fair, Cal and Kendra are watching the same broadcast we I was on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. But they did the Bally Sports North broadcast did show the replay. I saw it immediately. In fact, I what I thought was funny is I knew because and to be fair, they're watching the same thing I am. But I saw the slow motion up close replay before and Cal and Kendra noticed it because I saw it right away. I think I, I texted it. Mm-hmm. It was a punch. So mm-hmm. it was a little push, but then it was a punch. And you it was clear as day in mind you, it was a slow motion replay. So yeah. I'm not gonna say he forcefully punched, but it was clear well, in that midsection kidney area. It was a did, clear punch. He did step into it, Dave. After you watched the replay a yeah. couple of times, he steps yeah. into it. I mean he, he it is a it is a you know, I want it to look like I'm kind of going in there, but I'm going to put my my fist out and just kind of give him a little kidney punch, and he he gets them. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't. Uh, do we know yet? Have they decided how many games he's going to miss for this? I think it's just the one. Just the well, one. It'll, it'll be obviously be the one, of course, mm-hmm. due to the red card suspension. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I I think we would have heard by now mm-hmm. if there was going to be a multi-game suspension. So right. bec- just due to the fact that we haven't heard anything. I doubt there'll be a multi-game here involved, right. but obviously the one game. And that's normally how it, go, how it goes with red cards, but it's just mm-hmm. the one game suspension. But uh, then obviously, of course, that means he's going to miss the Seattle game in, mm-hmm. uh, in a week or so. so well, which is good, there. which is good. Is it in? It's not. Well, it's here, right? It's here. Yep. It's at yeah. Allianz. It's yeah, at Allianz Field. Well, here's the deal, guys. I, what I see in this play is late game frustration. For a team that didn't do shit all game, you're pissed off because you just, you don't want to be there anymore. You're just like playing out the streak and you just want to get a little cheap shot in. I mean, that's, that's what that is right there. Well, there's no reason. There's no reason. There's no reason for it. Absolutely no reason for it at all. No, there's no reason for it. Otherwise, other than the fact that I wish I could give uh, some Twitter cred to the person who, uh, noticed this or made the comment because this, I, as soon as I saw it on Twitter, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause somebody gave credit to Bila for getting into the Colorado, Minnesota chippiness because as oh, you yeah. know, very oh, well yeah. know, yeah. we've talked history. about this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. I've talked about it a lot personally mm-hmm. because I was at that game at TCF bank stadium in Minnesota where the coaching staff got red cards and yep. yeah. So there has been that game. There, at least for the last three years here, well, I'd say the entire existence, there's been some chippiness in this rivalry. I don't know if I'd call it a rivalry, but in this Colorado Minnesota matchup. So, somebody on Twitter, I'm sorry I can't think of the name, credited Abila for Abila for for uh, getting into the uh, Minnesota Colorado uh, history. We're not. You know, it may not have been an original rivalry, but it certainly has turned into one. I think yeah. after facing off with them against uh, in the playoffs last year. And then after so many games, uh, that Colorado is where Minnesota got its first points. Uh, and then Colorado's beaten us here a couple times, like you say, Dave, back in 2018 when we had that uh, the staff ejected. And uh, and then it's been just – I feel like every single game, at, at least once a year between Colorado and Minnesota, you see uh, some scuffles in the field, and it turns into uh, almost a, a wild avalanche uh, rivalry fight there. And that's wow. – and used, it gets pretty ugly sometimes. Used to be uh, North Stars Blackhawks was the big thing back in hockey times. But uh, unfortunately, Connor, and we can call it a rivalry if you want to, but MLS will not allow us to call it a rivalry because they, we, they oh. in MLS soccer, you can only have rivalries that are accepted by 
MLS. That is that is the way it works. By MLS. Quick correction. They got to be able to market it. You know, they got to be able to market it. They got to be able to, you know, we have the friendly rivalry with Kansas City. They like that. Right. They like that stuff. You know, they don't want, you know, they don't want us going out of our rivalry zone. This is that's Colorado's out of our zone. They don't like yeah. it. So. <laughs> Well, Andrew uh, Weeby, if you're if you're listening to this, uh, make sure you take this into account here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the game ends, guys. It's a two 0 loss. We go into the Gold Cup break. It, you look at the standings, and you go, "Well, that was a a waste because yeah. uh, we could have been above Colorado right now." Um, but as we're, it is, hanging on, we sit in the seventh spot, hanging on to the hanging on to it. And I mean, you look at the points per game, 1.25. And I mean, it's now you look at that San Jose match at Allianz, you know, the pre um, a little over a week ago now. And yep. yes, they rode that into a seven game unbeaten streak. Um, but yeah, now it's even more disappointing only to escape with a point there because after the loss in Colorado, they're just barely hanging on. So at 1.25 points per game, uh, we all know that that's not going to be, that's not going to cut it whether they're in seventh place right now. So there's work to be done. They've got to improve that number. They've got to get the results. And boy, it well, doesn't get easy. It doesn't get any easier uh, next game back against doesn't. Seattle, no. where no. Seattle has double the point. Well, not double, but nearly double the points Minnesota's sitting on. So yeah, it, it's, it's and, unfortunate, but yeah. yeah well, and let alone Seattle, Dave, uh, look at the other games that we've got coming up here. Uh, We've got after Seattle, we've got Portland a week later. Then we've got LAFC in LAFC. Then we go to Vancouver. We're home to Houston and then we're home to the Galaxy. So it's uh, not the easiest of schedule that's coming up. I'd say we've, we're actually, we actually might be behind the easiest part of our schedule. And uh, so this is not a good look for Minnesota. You got to yeah. really come up big in these next six games. It's, it's odd that we're sitting here, obviously, probably you know, well, there were some extremely disappointing losses to start the season, but based on what they did, you know, to rebound from that terrible start, you know, this, I wouldn't say the loss at, at Colorado is the most difficult, you know, disappointing loss of the season. I, it definitely is not, but it's funny how we're sitting here, you know, lamenting the fact that boy, in the last two games, you know, they only come away with one point. It's very, mm -hmm. it is very disappointing. And, it, and and you're, I can guarantee you guys we'll be lucky to get a point against Seattle on on Sunday because Seattle has not lost a game this year. No, they uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Oh no, it is this coming Sunday. Sunday, yeah. they're eight. They're yeah. they're eight zero oh, and five. So, so and so and we're still going to be without. Um, obviously, we're going to be out without Boxel. He'll be yep. with New Zealand, I believe. I mean, his. I'm assuming he'll be traveling on his yep. way. He must yep. be gone by now, or or going to be gone. And and I we don't know about Debassi's health at this point and yeah. hopefully met nears back, well, but yeah, think yeah, so. little, little question marks coming into that one and against the toughest, you know, the arguably, arguably the best team in MLS at this point. So, yeah. and, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's kind of a joke. The Olympics are even continuing now because they're having problems with COVID in Japan and there's no, uh, they're not going to have any fans in the stands for any of these games. So no. they're going to be doing uh, fanless games. Which is uh, probably something the Mexico national team should be doing for the next uh, five years, if everybody knows what I'm talking about, because they oh, yeah. they are uh, they got some problems there. Yeah, their gold cup gold yeah. cup opener. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna take just a quick break, guys, for some commercials. 
and uh, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about the Euro Cup final, and uh, also maybe some history, and uh, and some other stuff. So uh, we'll be right back in like a minute. And we are back, guys. Um, let's get away. Well, you know, we talked about the the loons already. So let's let's get that dirty taste out of our mouths. Let's talk some exciting soccer. Let's talk Euro Cup final from yesterday, England versus Italy at Wembley Stadium for the cup. Fantastic I mean, stuff. That still leaves a dirty taste in my mouth there, Tony. I well, um, well, it was good soccer, though. It was good soccer. It is Connor. good soccer. That's true. So uh, we had planned on all being down at Brits. Uh, unfortunately, me going to the rodeo on Saturday caused me to have some really bad allergies Sunday morning. So I said, I can't go because I'm going to hot myself up on Benadryl. And uh, you can't really drive on Benadryl. Uh, for me personally, it makes me loopy. So uh, Connor was down there with some friends of his. Uh, Dave decided not to go because he was neutral anyways. He didn't give a shit about who won I, or who lost. I was, yeah, so, I was neutral. And then I was planning on splitting an Uber with you and that fell through yeah. and I had some plans afterwards. So, you know, yeah. it all kind of worked out, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm interested in hearing Connor's, uh, takes on the, well, not only the game, but the atmosphere at Brits too. Cause, uh, Connor, yeah. at least one of us made it down there. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, Brits was packed to the brim. I got down there at about 10 45-ish, 11 o'clock, and uh, barely anybody had gotten there yet. The There were maybe a few, like three or four people on the lawn uh, already, and they had laid down their blankets. So I lay, I sat down and uh, held the spot for when uh, my dad and my stepmom uh, uh, joined me up there, and they brought their own blankets. So we got to hang out there, and it was literally right in front of the screen, uh, probably um maybe that like the third or fourth row back of uh of blankets so we got a pretty prime spot um we and yeah we it was so busy though that uh like you say tony uh just like the rodeo uh we it was one of those uh atmospheres where if you went out for beers you had to come back with uh with quite a few i bet um and they had a few options which was great we like we we got to go like we actually figured out that if you went upstairs to the terrace, right, uh, just above the green, the mm-hmm. line was a lot quicker. So we, uh, so, so we always went up there. It was a little bit of a longer walk, but it was it was worth it for a shorter line. Um, but yeah, we we were drinking London Pride all day, and uh, and they had a sandwich bar. They had a, uh, it was, uh, they had some good sandwiches that that were they were serving and. Uh, Lots and lots of England fans down there, but you also had your share of uh, it's Italy fans. But li- when I say packed to the brim, uh, I had a couple other friends that were coming down to meet me, and uh, they got there at probably about twelve thirty, and they wouldn't uh, the Brit staff wouldn't let them in because they were at capacity. Yep. So it was that busy. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a beautiful day and great to watch it out in the green. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm sorry, sorry that I missed that. I wish I could have gone. I would have loved to have been there. Um, I figured there'd be some Italian uh, fans there, and I was going to wear my Italy jersey from the World Cup a couple of years ago. Um, so I knew I wouldn't be by myself. I probably would have been attacked at some point. Uh, maybe some mm-hmm. beers thrown at me or whatever. Uh, but that's okay. Um, yeah, t- Tony, and to to credit to uh, Brits for throwing such a good party, good venue for watching the game. I mean, I, I actually was super curious about that. And uh, 
mainly after the fact i jumped onto their facebook page brit's facebook page and just to watch some of their because they brit's went live on facebook several times during the game i'd say um and uh, you could tell that it was i mean connor maybe you had a better uh, feeling but it there there was definitely a few italian fans but it was maybe like 80 20 at best and that might be a bit that, much that sounds pretty accurate yeah um yeah definitely the vast majority was england fans but uh the italian fan came the italian fans uh they came out in the crowd too so mm-hmm. they were definitely they, there may have been 20 percent of them there but uh they were they were being heard well the majority of the italian fans were watching at the olive garden so that's where they were at. oh that's yeah, where the that party was, was. that's where the I watch party was that. the maple grove olive garden uh and the buca de peppo had a, a watch party in their <laughs> hey, parking lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, it was exciting to see uh, Italy in a, uh, in a, in a cup match once again. And I know Connor, for you, it was exciting to see England in a cup match because uh, England hasn't won a cup for 55 well, years, 55 I mean, years. I, I yeah. forget, you know, I, yeah. it, I mean, I guess it's hard to forget because you hear about it every major tournament you hear about it especially in the last uh, few years in this rotation of course especially because uh, yeah it's it's hard it's almost hard to believe but england this was their first uh, final appearance in a major tournament so euro world cup since 1966 right like, that's incredible they had i mean granted england was in the semi cup or sorry semi-final of the world cup just uh the last rotation but um yeah but as far as a final is concerned yeah it's just it's hard to believe it's been 50 plus years and i mean yeah. you know uh tony may i don't want to put you on the spot but i mean italy hadn't been in a euro well they hadn't won a euro european championship since 68 um i don't and i don't think they had been in a final either well they now, of course 2000 they, 2000 yeah yeah, yeah. but now they were in the final against france that year yeah okay but yeah and i and i don't want to get too vague but yeah because i think this was correct me if i'm wrong tony but this was like uh they have five or six major tournament victories total yeah am i right or major this final would be the sixth yeah be the so sixth yeah italy has four world cups and now two euro two cups. euro cups yeah. okay okay so yeah italy has had a little more success of course italy yeah. had not you know, won a European championship since 68. So it had been a while for well, Italy. Well, and, and I, and I, and you, uh, Connor, you made the point of saying that I was a neutral fan, which is kind of true. Um, but I mean, I look at this game, I I'm kind of rooting for both teams, honestly, you know, England and, and their, their major tournament woes. I mean, that's, it's been on record forever, but even Italy in the short term, uh, not even making the world cup, finals last year like the united states of course um the, italy was in a deep deep hole just a couple of years ago well and they to, dig, them, to yeah. dig themselves out like they did i mean i was so i, I kind of wanted to root for both teams I've, I've been to england way way more than i've been to italy uh so i kind of felt myself uh rooting for england most of the match if not all the match but uh, yeah i mean i really kind of felt for both teams you know yeah. short term and long term it was, uh, you know, you're right, Dave. Italy uh, didn't make the World Cup uh, last time out. Um, they have kind of changed directions. Italy was more of a defensive-minded kind of hold the ball. Pirlo, of course, the architect, was back there. You had Buffon in goal, uh, just the, 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 the brick wall that he was. 
and you played good defense and you scored a couple goals and you won the game. Now they're more of an attacking team. They've got a lot of young guys on this team up front. Uh, of course, Cialini still there, but um, you know, they are a much different team and they've, I think this was their, it's in the thirties. They've now won like 35, 36 games in a row. Uh, 34. Yeah, uh, so they've, they've been, on I, think a hot it's a thir- I think, I think it's a 34 game unbeaten. Streak. Unbeaten, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Unbeaten streak. Yeah. Yes. But uh, they, uh, they, they went through this tournament and, and, and Connor can tell you this now, Italy in the first couple games in the group stage, they were just annihilating opponents, but then opponents started to figure out how to break Italy. And that is do, do a high press. And that is exactly what England did in the beginning of this game is like they high pressed the shit out of Italy and Italy did not know how to deal with it. And that's why in the first two minutes, England scored a goal right away. And my thought was this, I'm like, if England keeps doing this, high pressing, high pressing, Italy can't figure out how to to counter this. It's going to be a long fucking game. And Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, Tony, that's funny that you mentioned that my only I was fortunate enough to be able to watch the I should say almost the entire game. But I think I told you guys before we started, I uh, turned on the game in the fifth minute uh, and much to my surprise, England was already up. So at that point and then so I started watching on the fifth minute. I missed the first goal. Obviously, I saw a replay or two, but uh, yeah, I started watching in the fifth minute and for uh, for pretty much the majority of the first half, it was all England. And quite frankly, I was surprised because yes, England uh, looked pretty good against Germany and uh, made a great run through their group stage, not even allowing a goal. And so England, and and I should say coming into this tournament, England was one of the favorites along with France. And so, yeah, I mean, boy, I mean, but I was surprised because Italy was sharp. I don't, I mean, maybe the Italy's competition in the group stage wasn't as strong, but Italy was kind of, they weren't a pre-tournament favorite. Granted, they were top five or so. Italy's, you know, always, a fav- Italy's always a favorite to win their group, I would say. Usually, but like I mentioned, their World Cup woes from just, you know, a couple, two, three years ago. But yeah, I mean, so when I turned on the game and, and saw that England had the lead, and not only that, England was kind of dominating the game, Tony, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm like, wow, this kind of surprised me. I it really surprised me, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, Dave, that only lasted so long because uh, Italy was high pressing for the first 20 minutes or so. And uh, then for some reason we decided to uh, go on the defense. That's in this, it, you're right, Connor. And I want to yep. bring this up because England made a fatal mistake against Italy after doing those high presses, getting that early goal was they then sat back and, yeah. and a young team like Italy has, especially up front, if you keep high pressing them and, and keep going at them, you've already got a goal. They don't know what to do. This is their first big, like, you know, finals game, you know, for right. a lot of these guys. So you keep pressing those guys and, and they're going to fold, but England didn't do that. They sat back and that is the worst thing you can do in a finals game, in a, in a final game, you get one goal and you sit back. It's always going to come to back to bite you in the ass. Always going to come back to bite you in the ass. Yep. I I have said it many times before, whenever Minnesota have uh, decided to switch up their game plan uh, Mm -hmm. to play defensively, it never works. And when England sits back like that, it's only a matter of time before the opposing team will, uh, will score a goal. They held out for a while, obviously, but uh, then uh, of course the, like always the, the dam breaks and, (laughs) 
Uh, you've got Italy on the attack all the, for all of probably, what was it, uh, 40 minutes yep. right around there. And yep. Uh, yep. then was it, uh, I, I can't, who was it, Chiesa who got the goal? Yep. Uh, Bonucci. Bonucci. Uh, Bonucci, sorry. About Bonucci. Bonucci. And, and I, they made it a point, like this is not my uh, observation, but they clearly, uh, Taylor Tolman and uh, uh, John Champion, I believe, was calling the game. They made the point of saying that uh, it was the first time in, a, I think, a European championship or maybe even a major tournament final where both goals, you know, two, two of two goals were scored by defenders. Yep. And that's right. Yeah. It was yeah. Bonucci that scored, but you know, as a neutral observer, like, yeah, I mean, you guys nailed it. Like it, to me, it, it just felt like that goal was coming. I, I wouldn't have predicted that Bonucci would have scored the goal, no. but it just felt like, it, like it felt at that point, the entire first half to me felt like England was going to win the game. They were, they were on the front foot. They were playing the better game. I was surprised that England maybe didn't even follow up with a, a second goal, but as soon it was like halftime for me, you know, not watching super closely as a neutral, but like it was halftime, a flip was switched. Connor, you mentioned it. They were kind of maybe defending that mm -hmm. one goal lead yep. to see if yep. they could hang on for another 45 minutes and win their first major tournament. And but with 45 no, minutes to go, that's never the answer. Never. Either. No, never. Yeah. there's too much time. But yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like it was halftime. From halftime on for the second half of that game, it was Italy. And when he scored, Bonucci scored that goal, for me, it was like, well, that was coming. That was coming. Yeah, it, and then, but then the, an interesting thing happened. I mean, and they, Italy score, scored to level the game at that point. And at that point, it was looking like Italy might be able to get another one. Really, it did yeah. because the title away was still coming. But then, you know, a couple um, couple key injuries, you know, came about. And like, I, I'm sorry if I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to pronounce these names correctly, but uh, <laughs> Federico Chisa. Yes, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to mm -hmm. mess that up. But like I said, he I've been watching this European championship uh, as much as I can through the group stages and knockout stages. And he he is a clear I mean, he, he he's a he's a big I mean, obviously he's, he's a striker. But he's I mean, our next he's, big guy. He's our next he, big uh, top player. This is yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he is, really is. He is. He's going to be like great. you said, like you said, a young team. But I mean, he's a key cog in that Illy attack and he was out. And I mean, they had a couple other uh, um, due to injuries or subs. And so it was kind of looking like, okay, Italy, yeah, they leveled the score, but it, it looked like kind of Italy might've been, you know, on the disadvantage because then I think late in the second half, I think, I feel like England kind of turned the corner maybe a little bit. And I started feeling like, okay, maybe England can pull this out. Maybe they can. Um, they tried. It just didn't happen that way. They tried. And then, you know, the fact is, once you get in overtime, anything can happen, right? Yeah. And I was waiting, but I kind of knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, this game is going to be, it's going to be a, a shootout. It's going to be a shootout. The way this game has gone with England scoring that first goal in the first two minutes, Italy coming back in the second half and scoring a goal tied up. And I'm like, there's no way this isn't going to a shootout. This is a shootout type of game. Both teams now are playing to get a shootout. England is definitely sitting back a little bit when they're checked. Italy is trying to make long passes in the attacking third and trying to get their, like, you know, catch lightning in the bottle, as I said before, but they just couldn't make it happen. Right. Um, so you get to that shootout and this is, you know, for me watching Italy as many years as I have not seeing Buffon, 
back there in goal during a shootout oh, boy, scares yeah. the shit out of me because Buffon, as much as people like to give him shit, and John and Drew scare friendlies give Buffon shit all the time. The greatest goalkeeper probably in Italy history. Uh, I would say the greatest goalkeeper of all time. That, I, I, or at least he's top five. He's top five. But yeah. in it, Italian terms, he is the goalkeeper, right? Right. And when you go to a penalty shootout, having Buffon back there is like having, like I said, like having a brick wall. The guy is just, is just that good. Right. Right. Now this time uh, I, I can't even think of the, the, the new goalie's name. He's good. Donnarumma. Donnarumma. Yeah. He's good. Um, but he hasn't shown, you know, anything yet. He hasn't been in these big situations yet. I, I just, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, and, and I don't want to skip fast forward ahead, but I mean, obviously Donnarumma, he was the, you know, he was Italy's hero, but I, I just, I the ebbs and flows of this game. Like, I mean, I really like Tony, you know, obviously you're right. It got to the shootout, you know, extra time. I, I still felt there was a goal to be had. I mean, it's just the ebbs and flows, like where, like, like I mentioned, like I thought, you know, England, Italy was going to score another goal. And then I thought England was going to score. It just went back and forth. I was, I, I honestly, I mean, obviously you were right, but I mean, honestly, I felt there was a goal in added time, extra time that was going to end this game, but it did not come. I and, Cause yeah. How did you feel, Connor? Did you? I, I didn't discount the possibility either. I like uh, I when it went into extra time after the ninety minutes. Uh, the first period of extra time was all Italy, and then the second period of extra time was all England. So you saw opportunities from both teams. I really thought that there was there was also going to be a second goal, but you know it's. I mean, I I said it all throughout the game. I was talking all throughout the game with my with my dad, who was uh, watching the game with me, and. Uh, I, the teams were really 50, 50. They, mm. there was no possible way I could have called who was going to win this game. And, uh, so I like, uh, just like the fact that I couldn't, couldn't have, uh, see, couldn't have seen like if there was going to be a goal in extra time, or if there was going to be a penalty shootout that literally anything could have happened. That, that, that was my thought process going into it. Yeah, because yeah, because I mean it's it's as a neutral it's easier to feel this way, but like it's just a shame. Everybody feels this way. I don't think I think that's fair to say, but to for a game like this to end in a penalty shootout, it was a shame. I think it was the first in a European Championship since 1976. Yes, that's and right. I say think because yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but that <laughs> Czechoslovakia won that one if I could remember. Czechoslovakia, right. really? Wow. I yeah. believe so. Before yeah. But the, I mean, it, before the split. Yeah. Geez. So it has been a while. And, and, you know, as long as we're talking stats, I think in the history of the European championship, there's, I mean, it's a short history, relatively speaking, but there, it's only happened twice prior to, to last night's game. Yeah. And we, again, just to go back guys in this whole game before we get to the end of it here, I don't think in the United States, we can understand what it's like to have two teams like Italy and England going at it for a cup like this. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole country shuts down. I mean, no, Italy not, shuts down. England no. shuts down. People, there, nobody's on the road. Everybody's not, watching this game. Yeah. Not if until saw, if, if you saw not, live views of both Rome and uh, London, mm-hmm. you saw Trafalgar square in downtown London. It was all fenced off for a, one giant watch party. Yep. Which, which square. I, 
which mm -hmm. I did see thanks to ESPN's broadcast. But yeah, and we won't see that. Not until uh, you see the United States in a World Cup final. Which, But even then. Even, even then, I don't Dave, think that'll happen. The whole, yeah. the whole country will not shut down for a World no. Cup final. Not, and, not the first one. Well, what we have, but what we have here, of course, is you have like team, you know, you have the major league team games, you know, championships, and you'll get the, the Minneapolis or the St. Paul's shutting down for the world series or a super bowl, but not a whole countrywide type of thing. Right. Right? This is, yeah. this is incredible. I mean, the amount of people watching these games in Europe are, are, are it's, it's just, it's nuts. Cause it's yeah. all they have, you know, this is what they've got, you know? Yeah. So we get in the shootout and the shootout was freaking nuts. I mean, yeah. that was, shootout was, it was a roller crazy. coaster. It was, it was, there was there ebbs and flows, man. It was, it was, yeah. it was up. It was down. Uh, of course, the first two goals, I mean, right away, Harry Kane, of course, is up. He's going to score. Right. Uh, Italy, yeah. And did uh, Italy, Italy started, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Italy did right. start. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and so Italy started, but I, I will say like one thing, I, spoiler alert, but like, you know, they, they, before this shootouts penalty shootout started, they they kind of came over the over at least if you're watching the broadcast, and I think we all were at that time. But they had said like um, sixty percent of penalty shootouts um, attempts were saved, which is about ten percentage points lower than average. Yeah. So that yeah. that's just a little nugget going into this. But yeah, yeah, Italy started, scored. Harry Kane you know england's man he's had a harry kane has had a great tournament for england oh yeah um yeah he started he off not, a little slow but he's he really came into his own in the in the last in, in the knockout stages the problem with harry kane is going to be the same problem that that wayne rooney had and the same problem that beckham have had they're, they're great players for their teams but they cannot get them to a cup they just can't get a cup for them right you know yeah. and that's it's like this ongoing thing. They just keep getting these guys coming out, you know, the Beckhams, the Roonies, now the Canes, but they can't get them across that finish line. And it's, yeah. it's such a tragedy. It really is. It I mean, really it's is. a tragedy yeah. for guys well, that good and not be able to cross the finish line. Maybe, uh, maybe he should Kane. I mean, fantastic, uh, fantastic, you know, shot and, and scored and to level it up. Maybe he should have been going fifth, not first. I don't know. Well, uh, well, well no, I, I think Harry Kane would have been confident in, in his uh, penalty, whether he had gone first or fifth. But, mm -hmm. um, but no, you're so you're. I mean, I'm just so giving right, a little. So... I'm just doing a little foreshadowing. I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, you're so right, though, Tony. That uh, it, it's not just England that happens to. Like, uh, look at uh, look at Argentina. Lionel yeah. Messi didn't win an international trophy until just this weekend. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's going towards the end of his career. He's what, 34 years old, but he had, he'd never won a Copa America. He still never won a world cup. Uh, and he's the best player in the world. And so it's, oh. it's really a shame that, uh, that countries like this that can produce talent such as this, but not give them an international trophy on the big stage. And I think that goes to show you is that again, soccer is a team game uh, and it takes not only uh, star players, it takes the, the, the guys kind of helping out around those star players. Um, and, you know, you can have a big guy up front you can have a Harry Kane, you can have a, you can have a Rooney, you can have a Beckham all you want, but you got to surround them with talent. Yeah. Um, and what I think happens sometimes with those big players is that 
the stage is big, they're big, but they're not bringing the other players up with them to be as big as they are. That's the the biggest thing, you know? Um, This shootout could have gone either way. I mean, really, guys. It really could have. I mean, there was, I I mean, we, we get through the first we get through the first two right and then yeah, let's let's run through it just no, i mean so, i'm sure uh, everybody yeah. watched it but i mean it's just it's just so dramatic so i mean so yeah we just we you know bear scored first for italy harry kane brilliant yeah. you know did well to you know level it up and then uh this is where things got interesting well, with italy's second second attempt uh with below i'm not watching Belode. live i'm just looking at yeah uh, and he he does that i don't know if that was a was that a miss or a say i think that was a say it was a save pickford uh, saved it uh Mm -hmm. i think bloody went to uh, his left and pickford saved it yep yeah it was it was a great save it was a really really good save and you know again i i think everybody knows the result but pickford he did no wrong in this in this shootout or all no. game for that matter. Mm-hmm. Jordan right. Pickford played an amazing game. He couldn't have done any better during this shootout. But uh, wow! So so this is you know huge advantage England, um, massive. And then Harry Maguire with, in my opinion, I I think it's everybody's opinion, probably the best shot of the whole shootout. Oh, definitely. I mean, that that was not yeah. going to be saved. And mm-hmm. and Harry Maguire. I know he had some injury issues in the past, but boy, he's come up. He's also come up big in this tournament. He really and, has. Uh, wow. Yeah, with and Harry Maguire, I, I remember with him walking up to the uh, to the penalty spot, and my dad and I both looked at each other and said, "Hey, are, are we really going to get a, a defender to take our uh, second penalty?" And uh, so we thought originally it was a mistake, but no, he uh, he sure proved us wrong. That's for sure. He blasted that thing into the left and oh. even with Donnarumma going the right way, he, uh, he managed to beat Donnarumma to that side. Yep. Yeah. No, nobody was going to save that one. That was, that was, yeah. Like I said, I think it's everybody's opinion. Best, best attempt of the whole shootout. And this it was, it was brilliant. And so and this, there you go. England's up to one. Well, And this is, and this is where it gets nuts because now, yeah. you know, Italy's on the back end and you're going, Oh shit. Now you got to make goals and hope your your goalie can stop a goal here or there and Bonucci gets a shot and he makes it so now it's like okay now we need to stop and was it was it Rashford who uh, Rashford hit the post yeah oh uh, yeah. this this was where oh man this 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 was where I really um just what was Rashford thinking I mean he mm-hmm. first of all if you watch the penalty shootout he took forever to want mm-hmm. to run up to his uh, to his penalty to, to the ball, and it's, it wasn't like a Paul Pogba where no. Paul Pogba waited forever and then ran no. up to the ball. He took forever in the running process, and in the process, my guess is he probably overthought it. Oh yes, and, yes he uh, did. Well, hit the post. Well, the and painful- in typical England fashion, like another penalty shootout going uh, going not going to plan. The painful mm-hmm. thing about that one, and you're right, there was way too much time t- taken, but the painful thing was for England supporters was the fact that whether, regardless of his thought process, you could say his thought process was correct. If he mm-hmm. had hit that ball an inch to the right, it, he would have scored because True. he put it, he should have put it in the right spot. It hit the post and didn't score because the goalkeeper went the. If I'm remembering correctly, the goalkeeper went the other way. 
he did. Goal was wide open. Yep. He hit the post, you know, away from the goalkeeper. So unfortunately for Rashford, he had he had the net, he had the goal, he just hit the post. So it was just incredibly disappointed. So and maybe part of that, Connor, like you said, maybe that was due to the the long buildup to the he was the attempt. There was definitely in that play. And do you guys ever go on the ringer.com? That's Bill Simmons's uh, site. I, I and, should, uh, but I haven't. So there's I guys, there's guys who write about soccer, and they did a great write-up today about this this shootout from all well, the whole game, but then the shootout. And what they said with the shootout was Rashford and the Italian goalie had kind of a, a back and forth before he shot the ball. The Italian goalie kind of put his left foot down a little bit. And it looks like Rashford like overthought himself a little bit yep. and went to the left and totally overthunk it. And, and what the deal is really, I think the goalie was trying to deke him out a little bit. I, I think there was a little bit of a, a back and forth looking at each other kind of, and Rashford just kind of blew it. I mean, it yeah. just, it just got to his head. And uh, I don't know. I've never taken a penalty shootout, so I don't know how it works or, or what, what, what I should do, but in all honesty, you shouldn't be wasting time coming up to the ball. We, we saw that in numerous games during this tournament guys who would try these little fancy, like, uh, da, 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 and then they miss a shot. It's like, just yeah. go up there and make your best kick. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. do it. You know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about the thought process that goes through these guys because yeah, like Tony, like you said, we, we, we never have and never will be in that situation, but uh, yeah, if it was me and of course it would never be me, but yeah, I'd want to get that thing over as quick as possible, you know, just bang it and be done with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it was a painful shot for England, but still at that point. Okay. It's essentially tied up after three tied up two two. Yep. Well, and then you get uh, Bernadeschi who gets a goal for Italy. So now it's Italy's back up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I mean, back up, but, you know, give England a shot. And, and this is where it get, gets interesting because mm-hmm. uh, it's Jordan, Jaden Sancho, uh, former, uh, let's see, um, Dortmund player, if I'm mm-hmm. correct, but uh, um, which I should say, Jordan, Jaden, I keep saying Jordan, Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford were both brought in the 120th minute, 120th minute right. as mm-hmm. very late subs. So you get, you understand why. And uh, yeah, I mean, good call. Get, you know, get your, you know, it's going to shoot out. So get players that are no, that, you know, are going to shoot. And, right. Mm-hmm. But, and that's a, and that's again, this comes down to it. I mean, you got to hit the shot. You just have to. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Was this a kind of remember if this was a miss or a save? This was a save. Save. Um, okay. Save. I think uh, I think uh, Sancho went to his right and Donnarumma saved it. Yep. I think. Yeah. I again, I don't have these in front of me. I'm not watching the replays. But yeah, I think it was one of those where you'd like him to do better with the attempt. There's um, only a couple. Like the Avila. Yeah. Just it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't. I mean, I think it, I don't know. It, it's hard, but I think he could have done better on that one. At least he, it was yeah. on target. But like any good horror movie guys at the end, there's a twist because yeah. you get the mist from uh, Sancho. Mm-hmm. And 
Giorgino advantage advantage Italy. It's just Giorgino Giorgino just has to hit the shot. I mean, all he's got to do is put it in the net to win. Yep. And this is you're talking about you know one of Italy's if not Italy's best player. Yeah. To finish it off. Yeah. To finish it off. The fact that he plays in England for Chelsea as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, this is another. This was a save by the. I think this is a save, right? It was a save. Yeah, it was. And this was the save on the edge of the goal. Right. That he he got it, hit the post. Yep. But and then I mean, came back. I mean, it was there. It it did hit the. It did end up hitting the post, I believe. But Pickford clearly saved it. Yeah, he did. Hit the post or not, he he did. But he it could have still gone into the goal though, Mm -hmm. because I remember that the ball was actually behind Pickford for long enough. To where oh, I, I mean, considered it dangerous. Yeah, he kind of pushed it. He pushed yeah. it away. But yeah. I mean, that, he did push it away. I, yeah, emotional roller coaster because it goes England, Italy, England. Mm-hmm. Now you know back to Italy's advantage. Um, I shouldn't say advantage, um, but yeah, the emotional roller coaster because I I was certainly I actually got not that I was rooting for Italy, but I got up off my couch when Giorgino took that shot because mm-hmm. I just assumed he would bury it and yep. that would be it. Yep, Italy wins, but no, it was saved by Pickford, and uh, here you go. England uh, has a chance, yeah, to push it to uh, you know, you know, sudden death. Sudden, well, yeah, again, of course, you have Bukayo Saka coming Mm -hmm. up for England here, Mm -hmm. and uh, when so this is the last penalty. All he has to do again is just make it in, and we're going to sudden death. Was I remember at this point. I knew England was going to lose because Bukayo Saka is a young guy. He's only 19 Mm -hmm. and he's never been in this situation before. Nerves are going to get to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I knew he was going to miss that penalty. As soon as he took it, I would have argued for Jack Grealish to take the penalty instead, but, um, but they had Saka who I will say has had a brilliant tournament. He played really well in for England in his games, but he nerves are going to get to him. I just knew that was going to happen. Yep. And uh it's a shot. The goalie saves it and it's uh it's game over. Italy wins that damn thing. And yep. um in England. In England at Wembley Stadium in front of Tom Cruise, who was there. Yeah. Um so uh, right next to David Beckham. Bibson right there, right? Next, well, I, I can believe it because I'm sure they're buddies. Right. Uh, but uh yeah, it, it was uh it was pandemonium after that. And uh yeah, I again uh, England, for everybody who thought One. that they could come out and, and, and bring a cup home for the first time in, what, 50 years? 55 years. 55 years. I, I feel bad for everybody in England. I do. Because um, this was a prime opportunity for them to, 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 to get the cup. And like we talked about earlier, they made the mistake of – getting that up that first goal and then just playing kind of back and not to keep pressing and not, you know, you gotta, so many mistakes were made in this game, right. but that was the biggest mistake England made. I, they yeah. could have been up, they could have been up by two or three goals. Yeah. Uh, at I some agree. Point. That, I, that pressure was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Italy, like you say, Tony, Italy didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. The pressure that they were putting for the first 20 minutes was working Yep. And uh, they could have, if they had kept doing that, they could have easily gotten 
a second goal in the first half. Yep. And uh, we uh, we may well be saying that England would have won the tournament, which is right. what I would have preferred. But right. you're, you're Italy won, Tony, so I will say hats off to you. Thank and you. Yeah. congrats to Italy. One thing, one thing I will say as a neutral observer, and um, they brought this up in the broadcast too, is that I would say the future is bright for both England and Italy. They're very young teams, both of them. They're very young. And so you look forward to just, you know, basically a year and a half from now, uh, the 2022 world cup and Mm -hmm. even, you know, the 2024 Euro championship, both these teams will probably be heavy favorites coming in. Obviously France is not going anywhere, but Italy, you know, coming off their embarrassment in the last few years of not even making the world cup and England. um, Yeah. We all know about their history, but England's got a young talented team coming together. They came together as a team England did in this tournament. And unfortunately it didn't work out for them, but I mean, I think both Italy and England, boy, their futures are bright. And, you know, the, you know, ESPN, this is not my take, but they're right. They've got bright futures, at least in the near future. Definitely. And you know, uh, you know, who else has a a bright future guys? US of A. Who has started their gold? Their, the, who started their gold cup yesterday as well? Let's yeah. not forget. Yeah, let's not forget about the other big game last night. Yeah, yep. which was USA versus Haiti in the gold cup uh, opener for the USA group stage. Anyway, so yeah, gold one gold, gold cup. Yeah, it's again. Uh, you know, it's crazy. We sit here and talk about the Euro Cup. You know, the Euro Cup, Euro Cup, Euro Cup, and then it comes to the gold cup, and it kind of feels like the the you know the ugly stepsister of the of the uh, of the euro cup i mean uh, well yeah. to be fair they don't call it the euro cup tony they call it the european championship but i call it the euro cup but i call it the euro cup yeah there you go okay. but uh, the euros the euros it's it yeah. i mean it's it, it to be fair it's supposed to be it's it's hey this is as far as u.s meant you know the united states this is our european championship as i prefer to call it but this is yep. this is on the same page i mean the u.s i mean as big as like i look at the european championships as like 1b uh compared to the world cup as 1a because i love yeah. european football but yeah i mean as far as the united states are concerned the gold cup is their you know biannual tournament it is and, yep. that's know, it's, so it, it's, it's a big it's, deal it's nice it's a nice little tournament I mean, nice. I mean, well, seriously, it is nice. It's a nice little tournament. It doesn't, again, it doesn't get the the hoopla of of the Europe of the Euro Cup. It just doesn't, and it, right. I don't think it ever will. Um, and we can we can play up, and we can all be excited about the Gold Cup. I mean, we Dave, you and I have been to Gold Cup games before. Yeah, um, it was fun. And I was super excited to be there. For the record, yeah, it yeah, awesome. it was it was fun. Yeah, but what I'm fun. what I'm saying is the the atmosphere is not the same. I mean, no. when you playing in Europe and playing the stadiums in Europe, where where fans come and they can because Europe is so close together, you can get fans from different areas to come to these games and be at these things. When you play the Gold Cup, you really don't get that. I mean, you really don't. I mean, you no. get. No, you get and Americans have, in there. You get some. You get some Mexican fans in there. Or Mexico fans in there, and that's no. about it. You know. Yeah, that's why I, I'm really happy that say you know Canada, th- they qualified for the World Cup. 
I believe, mm-hmm. and they're in the Olympics as well. I mean, yep. I just hope it gets bigger in Canada. Obviously, Mexico is not going anywhere, and I hope the North American soccer just grows. North America and Central America, CONCACAF, of course. I hope that keeps yep. growing because, like, for me, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Gold Cup. I don't Gold Cup. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but um, but for me, it's yeah, Gold Cup. I'm more looking forward to World Cup, even World Cup qualifiers do more for me than the Gold Cup, which I hopefully someday that changes. But, you know, World Cup qualifiers starting in September for United States men's national team, those games just mean more. And I think it's it's clear when you look at the lineups. Now, there's a talented squad for the U.S. men's national team and the Gold Cup, you know, matches, but it's not the same. No. That's, uh, I think that's the reason why they're, uh, I, I think you're right, Dave, that they're, they haven't put their A squad in the Gold Cup this year. They're, they're trying to save them for the World Cup qualifiers. Um, again, it is a talented squad that is mainly from the MLS. Uh, and I do like USA's chances to get out of their group. Um, that even with their B squad, I think they have a, a decent shot of making it to the knockout stations. Well, um, knockout knockout uh what's the word i'm looking for here guys knockout stages stages. but if they don't because okay like you connor you mentioned they got the win on last night on sunday as we record against haiti and they have martinique uh which is a small island in the caribbean which i've been to before but uh they play martinique on thursday if they don't win that game i would be stunned Right. And you would assume if they won that game, they would be safe through the the group stage into the knockout. So. Right. I'm right. curious. Well, you know, I'm. Just, I just. I really. I'm excited to see how Canada does in this tournament. Obviously, I'm rooting for USA to win, of course. But I'll, I'm curious about both uh, Canada and Mexico now because Mexico just managed a draw against, against Trinidad. Yep. Trinidad and ah. Tobago. Now, not to knock Trinidad and Tobago, because for those listeners that follow the U.S. men's national team, that Trinidad and Tobago team really kind of screwed the U.S. men's national team uh, back in 20, I think, 17 or right. early 18, <laughs> leading up to the World Cup. So nothing you against mean when Trinidad the USA had a 93% chance of making the World Cup and all they yeah. had to do was win. Mm-hmm. And they didn't win against Trinidad and Tobago. So I, as much as I'd like to knock Mexico, I can't because uh, they, the TNT, they did the same to the U.S. men. Well, I'm can, really curious how I, Canada, Mexico, I mean, because let's not kid ourselves because it's going to be, let's, the heavy favorites would be United States, Mexico, or even Canada, because I mean, they've, uh, they, they're on the up and up and I'm, I just hope they continue on the up. They are. And one of the other favorites, uh, Costa Rica, is currently beating mm. uh, Guadalupe 2-1. I can, uh, Dave, I cannot knock Mexico because I'm telling you, they're going to have some problems uh, with their fans chanting their, the uh, homophobic slurs that they're doing. They're going to get kicked out of some of these tournaments. I, I, FIFA yeah. is not going to let it's, this stand. It's, and it's, it's really disappointing. What's it going to yeah. take? Because I, I think um, we've already brought this up, so I won't but I think Mexico's uh, first two World Cup qualifying matchups are going to yeah. be held with no fans. No fans. Like, right. When, when yeah. are they going to learn the lesson? Well, they haven't. They haven't. They, they haven't yet. And I can only hope soon so that uh, the the 2026 World Cup ends up going on as planned. Otherwise, mm. I, I believe we have talked about this in the podcast before. 
but uh, we do know, I think the, the idea has been floated that if Mexico can't learn its lesson, that they will be booted from hosting the World Cup in 2026. That so, would be a huge... Well, it'd be a huge, huge loss. Yeah. Huge yeah. loss for them, but yeah. we would gain from that. Those we games would then... Those we games would come up here. Hey, maybe you know? Minneapolis would have a uh, potentially. There is yeah, potential. Maybe US Bank I, I doubt it. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. that or uh, yeah, because it wouldn't be at. Um, oh, wouldn't put a, it wouldn't, wouldn't be put at a World US Cup. Bank. No. You wouldn't put a World Cup game at uh, a stadium that, only, that allows only less than twenty thousand. So you I mean, might you might put it. It, at, it, it wouldn't might, be Allianz, maybe TCF, but that's turf. It's not. Hey, it's not gonna be TCF anymore. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Huntington. Huntington, Huntington Stadium, yeah. Yep, Huntington Bank Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you may, you know, there's other cities that could get it, and 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 Mexico's really got to watch themselves because FIFA's not going to screw around. They are if if Mexico keeps doing this, FIFA will deny them. They're cracking uh, down yeah. the in, entrance into the into the World Cup, and they will again. They will say, hey, you guys can't have World Cup games in Mexico if you're going to say these slurs all the time, and and. You think they'd get the point, but obviously they don't because they're they keep doing it. You know, I don't know what else they can do. I, I just don't know. I, I is there a point where you just don't allow fans of Mexico into the stands? I, I could you do uh, that? I don't know. I, I think uh, it'll be. I you would hope it'd be a quick turnaround because they're gonna. I mean, the the penalties have already been thrown down on Mexico, mm-hmm. um, and I think the fans are gonna just get the picture because unless they want to play behind closed doors for every single one of their matches they'll learn their lesson yep. real quick i think um guys i know connor we'll get to we'll get to uh history next time yeah uh, we went along today but uh, before we get out of here uh dave is going to china uh mm. starting on friday of this week yes so dave might be around for podcast maybe not depending on if the chinese government lets him uh get zoom out of his hotel room we shall uh, see we'll, we'll see what happens um i will do my best to uh jump on but yeah i don't know what the internet situation will be i don't know if zoom is allowed or whatever so it's well, going to be a big question mark for literally the next two months actually well do oh. you know also if you're going to get um, viewing privileges for the mls too um i'm crossing my fingers but there is a real possibility i will not see another ml uh minnesota united match for the next two months that is a very real possibility i'm doing everything i can but i'm kind of at the mercy of my hotel's internet speed will my vpn work i I just i'm not holding my breath but uh we'll see yeah, Hopefully you guys be. can carry the torch if I can't make it onto the pod or I, oh. I can't watch a game for that matter. We're, we're done. It's over. Sorry. Yeah. If you're going to China, yeah. it's over. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Can't Sorry, do we it. can't do it without you. Can't do it. But I'll be back strong for the playoff push. Hopefully. Actually, actually, I'm going to bring Sterling back in the mix. And then by the time we get back, you won't be around anymore. You'll be done. You'll, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, no. Sorry. Yeah. There's no doubt about you it. You got to choose Sterling. between the podcast and China. I mean, if we're talking about technical analysis of the Minnesota United matches, I mean, Sterling is has always been better than me, probably most of us, but uh, certainly me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope I don't lose my spot because I know oh, we now time. at this point we only have room for one David. So, yeah, we don't. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. This is this isn't the Dave's I know podcast. So, yes. uh, no, only one David alone. Only one David alone. Yeah. Um, 
Anything else, guys, before we get out of here? No, I'm good. No, I think, I, th I think we're good. Um, uh, I will be at the Seattle game. Are you guys, are you going to be at the Seattle game, Tony? No. I, I was going to say, be. I'm going to be somewhere over the Pacific Ocean during that game. Yes, that's so right. Seattle will be like the closest point to you on the in the United States. It might be. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I, I might be at that. Well, I haven't talked to Sterling. I know Sterling has season tickets. I don't know if he's going and if he's going, if he has an extra ticket or not. So um, it's a Sunday game. So <clears throat> I guess there's potential I might be there. Um, but uh, I'm looking at games probably in August to go to um, get some seats for those games. So we'll see. Um, I'd love to get back again. I haven't been there well since the home opener. So um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I want to say uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, for myself, Tony, and for uh, Connor and Dave, at least Connor and I will talk to you guys in probably a week. Uh, yep. Dave will be behind the uh, red curtain in China. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping you never know. So I won't say we'll no, see. but I don't know. But uh, we'll see. All right. We'll uh, talk to you guys later. All right. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>